0: Welcome to the Odds Pod. I'm Ben Hennessy. And I'm Dave Hendrick, and we're the team behind the Scout Comics title The Odds. A story about some folks, a bear,
1: lots of monsters, some more bears, and at least one mutated president. Each week, we invite a new guest on to share their favourite apocalypse stories with us. Be it Shakespeare's Star Crossed Lovers, that episode of Star Trek where they groundhogged into extinction, or, you know, fires.
0: We want to curl up with catastrophe, snuggle, slaughter, and kiss calamity. So today's guest
1: she's a poet a writer and has just had like just right now this week had her first collected edition of her fir- fantastic debut creator-owned comic book golden rage published by the illustrious image comics a book that kelly DeConnick
0: described as battle royale meets the golden girls with dashes of agatha christie and logan's run we love it she is chrissy williams Hello. Chrissy, thanks for joining us
2: thank you very much for having me
0: Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and thanks for joining us on the week the book comes out, which is, you know, I'm sure you're mad busy, but yeah, it's, it's great to, great to have you on. Um, and can I just say golden rage for anybody who hasn't seen it yet or hasn't read it is just amazing. Just pick it up. It's, um, it combines two of my favorite things, fighting and, and women and the golden girls. And, um, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on in it. It's, uh, do you want to give us the, give us the pitch on it there? Chrissy, let us know what it's, what it's all about.
2: Yeah, I get. Well, I guess um, Battle Royale meets The Golden Girls is definitely the kind of starting point. But then, as it unfolds, you kind of follow this community of women who've been um, deemed useless to society and thrown out onto this desert island. Um, and you kind of follow them through their own stories about grief and fertility and friendship and family. Um, sometimes through the medium of stabbing uh, yeah. and fighting, <laughs>
1: um,
2: and sometimes yes. through the medium of tea and uh, little cakes. Yes. So it's got a bit of everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's very weirdly kind of in there, like lovely, nice, happy granny to the uh, I'm going to stab you in your back sometimes, granny. Yeah, yeah it's great. I, I really loved it. Um, and I'm a big fan of Lauren Knight, so it's a great combination there.
2: Oh yeah, she's done a great job. She's—I feel like she's—she does so much fun stuff with the action, but like she's so good at the—the the reactions, the faces, just yeah. really making you feel those characters emotionally. Um, yeah, yeah, she's done amazing. Uh, yeah, and Sophie as well. I mean. It's going to be really nice. We're having a launch on Friday at GOSH, and it's actually the first time that me and Sophie and Lauren are all going to be in the same room at the same time. Oh, wait! The first time I'm actually going to meet Lauren in physical person instead of in Zoom, kind of London, Scotland person. And that's going to be really exciting. That's cool.
1: Was was this put together over COVID? Is that the reason why you haven't seen each other? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, Yeah. Was nice. it done through Zoom calls, that kind of stuff the whole way through? It's, it's been a digital existence for the team?
2: It has. And a lot of it was, uh, to be honest, a lot of it was initially done in a Slack, more in like chatting, focused sort of subjects, threads, stuff. And then eventually Tumbleweed started calling through the Slack once we were kind of knee deep in the actual uh, series. And then we kind of switched to WhatsApp, which felt more immediate as we, you know, we knew we had things more in hand and knew knew what was happening. Um, And then, I mean, our editor Joe met is in um, uh, West coast America. So that was a whole other completely remote different timeframes, emails, but like the whole thing has been, the whole thing has been done weirdly remotely, which somehow feels appropriate for women abandoned on an Island, you know, not being able to communicate with normal society. (laughs) um yeah i mean lauren where lauren lives in scotland um she has these two amazing uh husky dogs and a lot of the picture reference stuff is just her going out and being able to see the landscape around her so awesome um, if that's why the landscape has a scottish twang Mm -hmm. that's that's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's your,
0: yeah, it's not your. yeah. It's not your typical desert island at all. You know, it's uh that that landscape is it's kind of it's kind of rugged and it's you know there's I love those cliffs and the the big lighthouse in the background yeah. and yeah, all that stuff like it's it's yeah. Okay, so that's where that comes from. Interesting. Yeah,
2: there's definitely something there's definitely something North Atlantic happening with the with the landscape. Yeah. Like we've kept, we've kept the whole thing very much more like kind of fable than fact, right? Yeah. So it's it's not going into real specifics about geographically where it is, exactly, you know, um exactly where the mainland is, exactly where they've come from. Mm-hmm. But that looks, yeah, I think recognizably sort of yeah.
0: Yeah. It felt familiar yeah. enough,
1: yeah. For yeah. Like for a lad from yeah. these parts anyway, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I kinda yeah. that kind of really worked for it because it looks familiar, but then there's a moment like where like there, there's a, a journey across the water hinted at and they, like it, it's a worry. It's like, can we really get to it? Like, and you don't know if it was actually off the coast of somewhere like UK or Ireland. I think that would have been worthy a chance, but because I don't really know where it is, it, it feels like you're in this kind of otherworldly mm. island somewhere else. You don't know where exactly it could be. And it's that, that is a danger in itself. I thought it was really good.
2: Mm. Like I, for this, for this, um, these five issues anyway, like, I really, really wanted to focus on the women on the island, on the community um, because that's the thing that interests me for this story is actually, how do they work? What rules do they come up with to live their lives by yeah. when they're cut off from everything else? Um, what cakes do they make now? Which axes do they <laughs> decide to use? To, yeah. Which spork? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No, I'd be careful of my granny's scars and knitting needles like going forward after reading this the, book. It's, the, it's, it's a worry. Yeah, yeah. The
0: knitting needle. That was, yeah, that was awesome.
1: Yeah. There's
2: yeah. something, I mean, if if you're going to invoke the the sort of cliches of uh, grandmaism or whatever, then stabbing someone with a knitting needle absolutely <laughs> has yeah. to be upside.
0: Finding an emaciated corpse with, with a knitting needle in it. Like that was in the woods. <laughs> And a, yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> terrifying, what a visual. I had a,
2: um, as the a sidebar, spectacles. yeah, <laughs> um, again, lovely work by Lauren, yeah. lovely, lovely work by Lauren. Um, as a sidebar, I, I once um, had a poetry pamphlet published called <clears> Angela. <throat> It was illustrated by, do you guys know Howard Hardiman, who, in fact, I think now, I think he actually lives um, somewhere remote in the Scottish, oh gosh, I think he lives in the Hebrides now. Anyway, um, that was a poetry pamphlet that was essentially taking the premise that Angela Lansbury was the real murderer. Oh, behind all yeah. the Jessica Fletcher, uh, yeah. uh, when she wrote episodes all along, and when he illustrated it, he illustrated it with all the video you know, cast and frills of what she wrote, but adding in uh, references from Twin Peaks as well. Because, like, <laughs> there's really. a moment of um, there's a moment of the shining, like the sort of his Johnny face, but I think, oh gosh, with Sheriff Tubb, no, with Angela herself, I think, like, <laughs> very weird, macabre little. Gosh. Baffling thing. It's um, like all
0: my favorite things all, all rolled into one. There, like I, I'm a huge Murder She Wrote fan. I fucking I grew <laughs> up on it. I love it. I think she's amazing. Yeah. And that theory of her being the murderer, yeah. I love that. Like, uh, you know, it's 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 subversive, but it's hilarious. Um, there's a there's a, a listener of ours, Andy Andy Levy, um, who we've been threatening to do a Murder She Wrote podcast for for ages now. We <laughs> must we must put it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like murder she did, you know. But there's a lovely there's a lovely dedication in the book to Angela, isn't there? So so in the back of debut.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Is that from the pamphlet by any chance? Is that from is that something no? no.
2: That's uh, well, that's that was that's um drawn by our colourist Sophie. Oh awesome. And we hadn't realised that we had in common a very specific Angela Lansbury kind of bond. Um, and and it just, after she, because she passed away while we were still putting mm-hmm. together the book, and it just felt like one of those perfect moments of like, do you want to, like, uh, yeah, can I, oh, uh, uh, and just to be able to have a little Angela nod in it. Yeah. Like the best of all of the grandmas that ever were, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, and you've got so a like, mystery writer in golden rage Mm -hmm. who's a bit of a know-it-all and a (laughs) bit kind of annoying and it's kind of uh, is this what would really happen you know with with a mystery writer do they always have to know everything do they always have to figure it all out and then she's really hard on herself when she doesn't figure it all out as well i love that i think that's brilliant
2: oh thank you she was she was also meant to be like a little bit of a nod to when they were going to, there was some talk a while back of them rebooting Murder, She Wrote as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, her name, Emma, comes from Jessica Fletcher's sister, Emma McGill, who lives in London in the Murder, She Wrote episodes. So um, probably like That's not. Amazing. Well, actually, I don't know. On the one hand, not that many people will get or care about that. And on the other hand, I have been to loads of live Murder, She Wrote viewing party things. There's a guy in London who does them um, and they are glorious. He shows bits of the, he he cuts the episode into chunks and he gives you kind of trivia about all of the... 19 uh well it's second half of the 20th century kind of stars that yeah. are in there yeah, yeah. of course Angela Lansbury you know brought them all in so they could still keep getting their insurance and everything um and there's little quizzes and it's just awesome so there's a very niche but very passionate yeah uh, market of uh, of Angela yeah. Lansbury fans yeah it's
0: huge yeah it is like it is it is niche, but it's it's there and yeah. and, and it's strong you know, whenever I mention it anywhere, it it gets it gets traction. You know, I love those. I love when you see those kind of cameos or those those. Well, they're not even cameos; they were just jobbing actors at the time as well. You know, like you see people like Bill Maher show up in it. You know, like with a, with a ridiculous mullet. You know, when he when he was young and cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. But look, they, like I wanted to ask you about that kind of thing about fable versus fact because there is very much. That kind of not so much with the with the with the people and the dialogue, whatever, but with the setting. There's a it's a it is quite fairy tale with the setting insofar as it's nowhere, it's anywhere, it's everywhere, you know. And something terrible is happening to the world. For this to have happened, for this to have been uh, an outcome, you know, for someone to have thought, yeah, this is what we'll do with with post menopausal women. We'll you know when when they have you know, outlived their, I suppose, their, their, their utility from their perspective, from, from their, as in the men who were running the world, I presume, from, from their perspective, and we'll drop them on this island, you know, but then you don't get into the, the detail of that. And I thought that was, that was a masterstroke because now I just want more. I just, yes. you know, I thought, amazing. You know, I want to know more. I, and I don't necessarily want to know the detail after, after reading the first book. I, I want to know what happens to them. And if, if we get into the detail, all the better, you know?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, yay, good. Yeah. I'm glad.
0: I hope that's what you're after, you know, because Yeah, it definitely.
2: It's that I think as much information as you do get is sort of just slowly you, you get the impression that it's not just bad, but it's actively getting worse. It feels mm-hmm. like things are really sort of starting to implode. But, um yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We we'll, we we will see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how coy. Sounds Silver. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know there's plans in there now. I can't wait to see competition there. That sounds good. Yeah. Because um, it is it is very kind of scary, like how uh, there's that Logan's run element to this, like where you reach a certain point and then you're kind of gone off. And it just seems to be accepted by uh, like when you first open the first few pages, there's there's a. Maybe twenty or so people on this island, and then as it goes on, you find there's more and more, and it's uh, it gets kind of sadder the more you kind of go into it. Uh, this is this is it, and not everyone makes it.
0: Not everyone makes it as well.
1: Yeah, throughout um, the story, you know, and I kind of seeing how they bond and don't bond is is really interesting, and, you know.
0: And the attitude to death in the book, I think, is really positive. I think there's a there's a lovely. Community around death in you know in in the book with the with the the dying women and the you know the, that kind of cere- ceremony that they have with the with the birds etc. You know, um, I think like was that important to you to, to 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 nail when you were when you were doing that to kind of answer where where the bodies go because if this was a male driven story, that would never come into it. It'd be oh I killed the guy he's <laughs> over there whatever you know and I'd move on. <laughs> you know, and I just got the impression that this is something written with a a lot more
1: import. Yeah.
0: yeah, A lot more caution, a lot more care to, to the characters, you know, and I think they, they, you know, a lot more respect, even, even though they're gone, you know, there's still a lot more respect afforded the characters. Characters will never know because they're dead, you know?
2: Yeah. I, oh, I, uh, I feel really glad to hear you say that actually, that, um, yeah, that, that that makes me really glad. Yeah, I when I first started thinking about it, I immediately, even while I say it's more fable than fact, obviously, I'm immediately thinking, where are they living? Like, are they in one big group? Are there people all over the place? How do they how do they survive? If there's groups, like, what you know, what's going on? What are they literally eating off? How do they stay warm? Well, like, what's what's going on? And immediately the practicalities of not just how they live, but then how they die seemed just to immediately present itself. Um, And it, yeah, it felt really important to me that if I, I think part of it is I'm trying to envisage this world of, well, they've, they're abandoned there and they don't have anything but their own experience to try and draw on and, for those who are able to survive, build a way to survive going forwards. Cause we also don't know exactly how long they've been there for, yeah. but the implication is that some of them have been on there quite a while. Um, so yeah, the idea of bringing in the dead women and thinking about ritual, actually the, the word you used care, but yeah, it was really important to me also because just there's so much in the book just that feels like it's about mourning loss of all sorts of things.
0: Yeah.
2: That having some kind of careful ritual for that felt yeah, felt significant. And also it's probably it's the poetry part of me as well wanting something poetic in the way that people think about death as a way of being able to talk about and think about death yeah. in a way that is just like really oh well we dig the hole and we put the, or whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, them whatever whatever. Yeah, I immediately started <laughs> I immediately started thinking the opposite of it is, um, do you know the movie Clue from um, Tim Curry? Uh, I'm the cook and I like to keep the kitchen tidy. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much that, but it's maybe a little of that. Um, It's a very practical, or I wanted to try and make it feel like a very practical, like real lived in community. Um, as much as possible even whilst you know yeah keeping it in this
0: but you know very very much you know not you know when people when certainly when heroes die there's there's big grand memorials and there's you know there's there's a lot of waste you know there's even even you know burying a body it's kind of wasteful in comparison to what happens here, you know, where it it goes into nature almost immediately and it's, you know, Mm. it feeds the environment around it. you know, no one's building, no one's, no one's erecting huge obelisks for, you know, for these, these people who've gone, gone before, you know, um, which I thought, I just think it's just a really honest portrayal as well. And a really nice way of doing it. I, I thought it really, really touched me. I thought it was great, you know, um,
2: It's uh, cool. They definitely wouldn't build obelisks just because of the, you know, penis.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Just back from Rome. There were so many, so many penises everywhere, you know, and then where there are penises, they broke them off. You know, really weird, you know. But yeah, no, you we, we can't have actual pins we can just have giant obelisks everywhere. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very strange, you know. And it was all blokes who did it, you know. Um, anyway, everybody who comes on to the Odd spot is asked one big question. And that question is... What's your what favourite apocalypse? So, Chrissy, enlighten us.
2: Okay, so what I went with was a good old-fashioned meteor heading for Earth. We find out, but we either can or can't do anything about it, but you get an opportunity to tell the story of humanity's last months as they know their giant doom and can literally see their giant slow doom heading for them across the, yeah, days, weeks, months,
1: Nice. Nice. Was there was there a favorite take on this for you, like something like Sunshine or, or, or Deep Impact, or something where they know that this is happening?
2: Yeah. So my, I think my touch points veer between the kind of optimism of something like Deep Impact versus mm. the the glorious sort of um, annihilation of Melancholia. Oh, yeah. Like I love those two. I like they're both films that I really love for really different reasons. Um, the weird bleakness of Mm -hmm. melancholia and the sort of false hope and the lies they try and tell themselves and each other. And then in the face of it, actually the one who's trying to be brave can't cope and he goes off and kills himself and leaves the women folk, you know, to to build their fake pretend thing to ward off the, you know think it's incredible. I saw that in the cinema as well, and holy shit! The end of that and the reverberation in the cinema. And I saw it in a matinee as well, so it's still daylight when it oh, came no.
0: out. Across <laughs> Leicester Square,
2: at people just going on with their daily lives, like
0: you fools. <laughs>
2: but <laughs> then, on the other hand, I also love the deep impact vision, where they're like the government's been keeping a secret because they don't want to scare everyone. Yay. <laughs> you know, you it, it's bad, it's, yeah, yeah. It's almost, it's almost good. Yeah. Um, and that they've, they've got plans. The whole world's got plans on how they can try and save people, but they're going to try and send rockets. They're going to try and destroy, you know, it's mm-hmm. all going to be fine. Hmm. But there's one journalist who knows that actually, you know, it's more worrisome. And, and it's great because you see the journalist, you see her mum. Her dad, they're divorced as like a young wife. You see uh, Elijah Wood off with trying to like uh, marry his child bride. Mm, hello, America. <laughs> they like
0: to try and save her as well
2: so she can come into the caves with him. Mm. He's the guy who like discovers the, it's great. I love the kind of the scope of it, the cross section of society and the optimism with which it views like you, you see what you see is all people trying to do the best they possibly can yeah. in a backdrop of kind of chaos and mm-hmm. panic and fear um, and sadness. Um, and as another extreme that I just, yeah, I really, I really like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You bring about the same energy to it as the asteroid does hitting the earth. Like it's, it's great to, it's great to see. Cause like there's melancholia, which is a really different take on the whole idea of a, of a planet collision or, or an asteroid collision. And it, it has our main character, Kirsten Dunst, is, is suffering from depression. And because she's kind of dealing with this depression, she's kind of more accepting of what's happening than anyone else around her, which I think was a really, really interesting take on it. And, and, and she's I mean, she puts on a great performance there. It's it's, it's a pity what happened prior to that film because so I think it over, uh, kind of overshone how good a performance she puts in that, you know, um, and it's, it's, it's a really visually stunning piece as well. You know, seeing yeah. the pattern it look up in the sky is just phenomenal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And do you know, um, so at the moment I'm i te- I'm teaching a class on writing poems inspired by Stanley Kubrick films. And last week we looked at 2001 and, um, when I was rewatching 2001, I I just hadn't quite realized when the planet is coming so close to the end to destruction at the end of Melancholia the glow on the when you see the when you see it really coming towards how visually similar it is to the end of 2001 and the star child coming to earth like it it's it's really striking to the extent that I absolutely feel it must be a homage rather than a hmm. just oh coincidence of framing yeah What was funny was that then watching 2001 meant that I was seeing the Star Child as a as a as a sort of incoming meteor that was going to eat up the Earth in a way that I never really have before. I've just in the past I think I've seen it and just sort of imagined. You know, you're you're left there with that image of it sort of there, static looking. Mm. But now it's I can't unsee the really. The idea of it as being utterly destructive now which yeah. is not mm-hmm. the vibe that i i had uh in that's my head a, that's at the end
0: interesting because that. uh, i now i never made the connection there yeah. between melancholia and the star child at the end of 2001 but i always found the star child sinister like mm. it's one of for me it's one of the scariest things i've ever seen in a movie and it's such a simple image, but it's, it's just like, what the fuck is that? Why is that there? You know, I've so many questions and it's over now, you know? And uh yeah, I just, oh, I didn't like that when I was a kid, you know? That that wasn't like Star Wars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there is something really funny about, I mean, you're right. The actual model is creepy as fuck. It's yeah. just, well, this was something really weird about seeing it there in the, in the uh, as within the within the womb but without the mother without any mother and and even though 2001 I still do watch as a I get you know I really get into it I have a poetic response to it I also see this is going to sound terrible I also see penises in 2001 and I think part of that is through having watched all of Kubrick's films back to back now oh yeah okay at the start of the film, you have that kind of tower of light and penises and uh, penises, light and but light and planets. Sorry, oh. is what I was going to say. I just want to make it clear that I don't normally use the word penis this much. In okay.
0: <laughs> listen, it's it's fine I by don't us. You know, know
2: we're... what's happening tonight. I'm so sorry.
1: It's yeah, all right, yeah. we're in the safety tree. Everyone's comfortable here. It's, it's it's a good place, you know? Yeah, we should probably um, put our
0: clothes back on, Ben. Maybe we should, we should do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it is, like, it is there. You're right, it's there. I mean, the obelisk is there the whole mm-hmm. way way through, the, the monolith thing, you know, and uh, and then you've got a couple of ships that are kind of looking that way, bit, bit mm-hmm. like a bit of, like, Jeff Bezos' ship, there, you, you know? know? Yeah. Um. Oh, boy, Jeff Bezos' ship, by the way. Come on. <laughs>
1: Like when I saw that thing, I was like, "Oh man!" Like, mm. like you, it was you, like that um, scene in Austin Powers, you know, the the, the shadow of the, the rocket <laughs> flying across. You know, <laughs> we see everyone's names for different different names for the same thing. It's yeah, but like yeah, it was exactly so, it was like. so on the nose. Like
0: you would you wouldn't get that in a in a like in a nineties comic, you know? Like it was just. <laughs> You know, it was yes. I'm Jeff Bezos, and I have a thing about my cock. And here it is. Everybody, jump into it. You know, let's go to the moon. Just,
1: I don't know. man. That's a different kind of end of the world, isn't it? Like, that's. Yeah. I prefer the slow uh, incoming death of a planet colliding than to go on that that space rocket with him. But um, but I, I like. I mean, yeah. That 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 slow incoming death is is a really scary element. It's, it's one of my favourite elements. It's in lots of other kinds of popular stuff like George Romero's slow zombie stuff, you know, that, that, that death you can't really overcome. No matter what you do, it'll catch up with you. And that is You know, that
0: that slow thing though, it Mm -hmm. is hopeful because it does afford you time to come up with a plan, no matter how crazy it is, like the one in Melancholia or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, even, um, what was that other one, Leo DiCaprio, uh, don't, don't look up.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah
0: there's a guy with a child bride but um uh yeah don't, don't look up um where you know everybody is aware this thing is coming towards them and nobody's doing anything about it and it's you know but but and, and the, the the plan in the end is quite quite bezos like but um but hilarious but um but yeah having that time seeing that coming towards you i think people people can make make up uh make up plans and who better than Michael Bay and Bruce Willis and Ben yeah. Affleck in, in, in the say. classic Armageddon?
2: Come on. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely room for, like, a power ballad. Aerosmith. the world, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: keep so- mixing that up with Deep Impact. They came out around the same time, didn't they? They came out the same yes. week, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 jesus like what was yeah. going on yeah
2: um, i love how hollywood does that sometimes it's like oh they've got one we're doing one and yeah, yeah. essentially they fight
1: like ants in a bug's life i keep mixing them up too you know <laughs> oh ants i forgot about ants yeah. is that the woody allen one woody uh, Al- was it woody allen and ants? Yeah,
2: woody allen Allen voice the main uh oh.
0: sylvester stallone i think sylvester stallone is in it yeah and then kevin spacey is in a bug's life Oh my god! That's, yeah, a lot yeah, of quality god. people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in uh, kids' movies, anyway. <laughs> Christ,
1: <laughs> we, we never
0: no, I'm Never getting, knew. never getting that Pixar gig, Ben. I'm never getting that Pixar
1: gig.
0: Um, yeah, no, it, it is. It, it's phenomenal, and like, it is weird the way they do that. Yeah, yeah. But look back to um, back to mm-hmm. Apocalypse sons. I saw Greenland recently. Oh, yeah. Gerard, or Gerard, as we call him here, Gerard Butler. <laughs> can I, um, can,
1: I ask, can I ask? Can I can I get a synopsis of this? I haven't seen this. This was one in your list that I didn't get a chance to checking out, and it came out recently. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it
2: was a couple a year of two. years ago.
1: Yeah, couple of years. Okay, okay. Yeah, I completely uh, missed this.
2: Yeah, it's basically. It starts with Jared Butler's, a I I think, an architect. He has, starts with a party at his house. And then suddenly, like, he gets a phone message that everyone's like, what's that? Uh, which is saying, your family has been selected to go and essentially be flown to Greenland and because the world's about to end. Okay. Hugh, the sky turning a weird colour, like, stuff starting to happen, things. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And that's, like, the first, that's just where the film opens. Yeah. Oh, well. Wow. And then there's the whole thing about like a really, really specifically the practicalities of, OK, we well, have to drive to the airbase because that's where we're going to get on the plane. Mm. But our neighbours are saying, take my child, take my child, because they know what's happening. And they get there. And what is it? Is it the asthma inhaler? That the kid's diabetic,
0: oh, I think. Is yeah, yeah, diabetic? right. Yeah, yeah.
2: They forget the uh, insulin in the car. I yeah. think so he's like dad has to double back, and then will he get in? But then the kid and the mum they get separated. It's like a whole thing.
0: And then because um, the kid's diabetic, they're like, "Oh, you shouldn't have been chosen. We can't have any any you know defective people." Oh god, yeah, to to lead civilization into into its next whatever. Yeah, it's rough. So it's real feel good stuff, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's Jar It's a Jared Butler movie, so it never gets that bad, you know. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, lo- it looks like it, a watch it... ad, you know, like for for most of it, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, or an aftershave commercial or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Weird, something yeah. like a like, a, like a, yeah a Dodge commercial. Like there are these <laughs> these scenes where they're driving through the countryside and whatever, and it all looks amazing, and the car is sparkling, and it's like it's the end of the fucking world, man. You know, and it's like you're in the middle of Georgia or whatever, you know, and it's just a really nice day, you know. <laughs> oh, go go check out Scott Glenn's in it. Scott Glenn, he's in it, <laughs> and he and he's brutal in it. Um, but yeah, it's um. Now I want to ask you something about Greenlight, Chrissy. Because this is something I noticed when I was watching it. So they all go to Greenland. All these Americans are on a big plane. They go to Greenland and there's a big bunker in Greenland and they go to the big bunker in Greenland. Now, I know there's not too many people living on Greenland, but there are people living on Greenland, aren't there? So what did they do to them? (laughs) Where are those people?
2: Well, I think this is where probably... Greenland becomes more fable than fact. Ah, I
1: like it. it's a callback. It's a callback, <laughs> right back to Golden Rage. Isn't um, it?
2: I tell you what, I do like about Greenland, though. At no point is there any suggestion that the human race is anything other than fucked. Like it's True. just, it's over. There's no, there's no Bruce Willis going up with a pneumatic drill. You know, there's <laughs> none of that.
0: Like your dad. It's
2: just yeah. the world is ending in like however many hours. Yep. Zia essentially and that's that you know whereas the other one is like slow 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 this is this is fast Meteor this is this is um, Shaun of the Dead Meteor versus like the Romero Meteor sorry okay
1: okay yeah yeah that's cool no I get I you get that, it. that's that's right on yeah, yeah it's perfect yeah Yeah.
0: yeah. those zombies yeah. can move yeah yeah no um, it, it, you're right there yeah and and uh, spoiler alerts But well, we spoiled already but spoiler <laughs> alerts for, for anybody who's planning on seeing it um there's an epilogue which picks up what is it like six months later or something, and the doors open of the of the bunker, you know, daylight, and it's like, um, oh god, it reminded me of Mars Attacks. You know the end of Mars Attacks, you know, yeah, where it's like it's all over and the dove and all that kind of shot where where they're taking the piss, but like this is real. This is played really seriously, you know, and it's and then it's like oh we're gonna move on and you know recreate civilization and that's where it ends and i'm still sitting there going did they murder everybody on greenland to make room for themselves like what happened i want to know you know like you know did they 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 established the legal air force base and 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 flew you know the best and brightest from from america from what seems to be america maybe not all over the world just americans and yeah and then weirdly do you remember a few years ago, Trump tried to buy Greenland. What? Yeah, he tried to buy Greenland. He made buy an offer. What? Yeah, yeah. He tried to buy it.
1: Like what? Yeah. Really? <laughs> like, that's look at it purpose. It's there. I one hundred percent believe you. I just I can't get beyond how ridiculous
0: it sounds. Well, I think know? he got a leaked version of the script, and he went, "You know what we need." <laughs> <laughs>
2: maybe yeah. Greenland was just one of the things they were trying in the writer's room for him, you know, and it just, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that writer's room. Jesus. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's yeah. That, those movies there, they are fantastic and terrible at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it was, I
1: was, you know, I was look, brilliant. I was ready for this, right. Cause we, we had a, we had someone talk about, um, Asteroids meteors, and it kind of came on a little bit differently. And I was mm-hmm. caught off guard. So for this particular one, like I, I went and I found, I did a little bit of research, some stuff to talk about uh, and pronunciations on words that I got wrong the last time that I get right now. <laughs> um, So it's the ah. um place in the Yucatan rainforest. That's where the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs hit, right? And like, because we were talking about the slow incoming Asteroid for this one, I wanted to find out. Well, what happens when it hits? Is it as slow? Is it is it really fast? So what are the details? And it is staggeringly terrifying. Just, just how bad it is, how quickly it is. Right, on. Awesome. Um, okay, prepare yourselves. You know, sit down. Um, just like, give a teddy bear a hug. Get ready. Uh, it's, so on. when that hit, it exploded with Grandma the force. Even... Of, yeah, yeah. Give him, give him, hug him tighter. You need hug tighter than that. You know. It exploded with the force of 7 million Hiroshima bombs at once, and it created a 180-kilometer-wide crater, and it immediately, immediately killed 75% of the life force on Earth. Right, That was the first... Pretty effective. Minutes, yeah, but in that first few minutes, um, it gets fucking way worse. Like, it's just... And I full credit to Geographics and Wiki for all this info. Um, there was no warning for this. This was actually the opposite of the slow impending death. This just you wake up like it's a normal day, and it just sort of happens.
0: You're saying this like you were there, man. Oh yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a tough day. You know what? though it. Though uh, there's no warning. Back, you know, that's about it. But I don't think the but, dinosaurs uh, had developed radar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't be sure. It was all blown
1: up, but you know, maybe it was a really sad day for them. They're like, yeah. Today's the day, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm not driving into work today.
0: You know what they needed? They needed Dinosaur Bruce with us.
2: That's a David. <laughs> yeah. the... how, how would the T-Rex Bruce Willis be able to operate the drill with his tiny arms? Oh
1: That's that's hilarious. That's what I want to watch. That's the Armageddon I need in my life. They Finally know, makes they, it up. They, they send the wrong dinosaur to the asteroid. And we, oh shit! You know we needed that other guy with long hands. You know that'd be he lived on have done this. Um, fucking hell! But when it when it hits. Uh, it was at, it hit the earth at 40 times the speed of sound. So it was kind of like, like a bullet for a, like an art size bullet. And, um, it went off, you know, the SAR bomb. Um, it was like 3,800 times the, of uh, the strength of Hiroshima. Well, it was like 2 million SAR bombs going off all at once.
0: Okay, you're, we're um, getting into like yeah, fit, yeah. like it huge ground, numbers there.
1: Yes. Turned whatever it possibly could do like uh, into just a sea of fire, and shot up all these pieces of earth into the sky, and then eventually they had to come back down. And then like at six-kilometer intervals, it was like one megaton Hiroshima bomb going off or one uh, hydrogen bomb going off. So if you for, survive for the, the, the initial, yeah, <laughs> if you survive the initial impact, you're you're, you're still fucked. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the ones that went yeah, in okay. the first unit of death, oh, and that okay. 75%, they were the lucky ones. I mean, I just thought it was crazy. Uh, the, the idea of a sea of fire, the idea of this just went on and on for a period of time, like with tsunamis and everything else, and then left the world in a lunar existence for uh, a long period of time, I thought. Yeah, but oh, Ben, yeah.
0: Ben, that only applies if you believe. Dinosaurs existed, you know. So if you were to if you are to age no proof, the no universe, proof. as the Bible tells us, we're only what are we? We're only like four thousand years old or something. Anyway, you know. And, so this is all bullshit. Uh, it's all Fuck. bullshit. Yeah. Man. I need
2: no, to the, see an Instagram graphic, or it's just it's not gonna. That's it. Um, that would, though, isn't that? I mean, I I pick the sort of slow meteor for the purposes of telling stories, right? Mm-hmm is that's the those are the narratives that appeal to me. But in terms of actual apocalypse, like that's what you want. You want to go straight you want to not know about it. You just want meet you in the face, you know.
0: In the
1: face. I, what, <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I guess yeah, I just it would be nice to think I was just kind of dithering over a choice between i don't know like a like a brownie or a caramel salted piece of shit something (laughs) just gone and and and, because
0: it's a nice way to go it's a nice way to go, you know. I'll have the um, oh, which one I have? I'll have, you know. You'll never know. Yeah, that's all right. I don't mind that.
1: It, it's way better than the radioactive like insect you have to. It's now like you know, ten feet tall. And you have to fight later on with like one arm or maybe three arms. Like, you got three arms now. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. The it's, uh, like going straight away is is absolutely the way to go. It yeah. just sounds horrible.
0: I'd never get three arms. I wouldn't be that lucky. You know get like four noses what can you do with four noses like come on you know something like that you know mm.
1: so, yeah, that's a good point what could you do with four noses yeah nothing I don't know a lot of coke
0: I don't know you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man this has gone really weird yeah. but it's great I love it um, okay so Chrissy before we go uh, anything you want to you want to say anywhere people can find you maybe on social et etc
2: um, I'm just Chrissy Williams on social stuff. Um, yeah, I... No, well, I mean, Golden Rage is literally the thing right now. It's this amazing. Week, so it's have, in my hands. You
0: know. I love it. This is the sound of it. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Go out and buy it. Buy, buy it twice. Um, maybe three times. <laughs> buy for your friends, you know. And we got a hint that there's plans. There's... Maybe plans, but maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be an announcement. Maybe,
2: mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I just
1: that's our odds pod exclusive. Maybe, maybe.
0: <laughs> oh, and by the way, we should say we do share someone in common. So Becca Carey, who's worked on Golden Age, yeah. oh. Becca designed our logo for the odds and has done a cover
1: for us as well. So, so oh, when- we Becca. stand Becky in this house. She's great
2: she not only did she do an amazing job with the lettering but she also did all of the design stuff in the back and she did our logo as well and that logo um she sent through some options but like that was that was one of the first things that i mean of the things she did that was in that first batch mm. and straight away it mm. was like that one that one of like amazing that she just she just it was just beautiful she's been so great to work and with and
0: the work she puts into those logos and you when you get that document which tells you exactly why that looks like that and this looks like this mm-hmm. and the history behind, you know, what she's doing. It's just like, you know, I've gone to people before and said, can you design a logo? They say, yes, here's, the, here's your logo, you know. But like Becca just goes into detail, yeah. like so much detail. And so if anybody out there is looking for, for anything, like that, I'm sure she's booked up for years to come. But if you can get her to work on your book, get her to work on your book. Yeah, she's- You're to pay her all the money. She's worth good. it. She's yeah. amazing, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, look, we will leave it there. Thanks for joining us on the Odds Pod, Chrissy. It was great, crack. Thanks a million, Chrissy. Thank
2: you very much for having me and letting me say the word penis so often.
1: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> say it one more time,
0: penis. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there is my new ringtone. Okay. <laughs> God. Thanks
1: for joining us on the Odds Pod. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look out for the odds coming soon from Scaled Comics. And please tell us what your favourite apocalypse is. You can find me on Twitter at Benessy. That's B-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y. And me on
0: at Dave Hendrick. Big thanks to our producer Adrian Carty, and we'll see you at the end of the world.